Nazis, frag grenades, Japan, Manchuria, experiments. That's what we're talking today. Man, what an intro, dude. That was intense. I know. We were just we didn't know how to start it, so I thought I would just throw out everything we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the lowdown. Spoiler alert. Uh I I'm not sure how to I mean, I mean right before we started recording, I, I kind of uh spitballed what we we're going to what we we're going to talk about uh at you and we're gonna talk about the suspension of like morals and rules during wartime which is like right up your alley yeah yeah so uh the reason Wait, I, oh, hold yeah. on I, Go for it. suspending morals and stuff like that's not up my alley the the study of, <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i'm not into the action of suspending morals and uh <laughs> things like that during wartime you sure about that? Yeah, I just I just like looking into it. Well, yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying we support it, but I'm talking about like I mean, look around like World War One, and you had like I mean, granted, these were before like wartime rules were in place to prevent it, but I'm talking about like poisonous gas and whatnot that like killed tons of people. For shizzle. So, the the reason I brought this to your attention was because I've always been interested in units. Uh, I'm gonna mess up the name, so I'm gonna pull it up so I don't forget. Look at that. 731 or 732? Yeah, 731. Yeah. And for those at home uh, or wherever you may be who don't know what Unit 731 is, it was a Japanese World War II experimental unit that uh, would conduct uh, what would be considered morbid experiments on live human subjects, which had never been done to this scale. I think morbid might be putting it lightly. Yeah, uh, so so for reference, uh, some of the, uh, let's put it lightly, fucked up shit <laughs> that uh, they were doing, uh, the main one's vivisection. And uh, do you know what that is, Max? I do not. So vivisection is where you uh, you pretty much, like, remove some part of a body. It's, it's more of an umbrella term uh, that not many scientists use today, but it's used for, uh, like, taking out parts of a body, so like, like, like the entire digestive system or like the nervous system, and typically done without anesthesia. Right. So imagine how much it would suck to get like surgery done without anesthesia, then multiply it by, let's just remove everything. Yeah. Uh, not not nice. And on top of that, you're looking at, uh, they did some uh, experiments into uh, germ warfare. They brought back the uh, the bubonic plague and weaponized that. Mm-hmm. Uh, frostbite testing, where they intentionally give people frostbite. Uh, they did experiments with syphilis. Uh, there was lots of rape, forced pregnancy, uh, and then at the end of the day, they used people for weapons testing. So they tied people to a stick and throw a grenade at them and see how they exploded. You did testing with syphilis your freshman year, didn't you? Excuse me. In the dorms. <laughs> you know. We need to stop. <laughs> I think that's technically slander. You're a journalist, bro. You got to get used to it. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? Um, uh, Nick Mo has uh, seen his way. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go there. So, Unit 731. Yeah. What's up with it? Dude, I think it's absolutely insane because I read somewhere that they're uh, – experimental death count mm-hmm. was almost three quarters of a million because that also includes, you know, they, they had common law prisoners that they experimented on. Mm-hmm. They brought, uh, 
you know, prisoners of war to political prisoners, but they also used it like in China. Apparently. Yes. That shit's wild. And the the fact that it it kind of is comparable, at least in my eyes, to the, the Holocaust where people had little to no idea it was going on until they actually saw it. Mm-hmm. And uh, to have all of these experiments turn up and have all this data just like, you know, lying around as the U.S. stormed into Japan is just mind-blowing to me. That, like, people can suspend their morals like that in the name of science. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, well, if you, uh, Japan was not, Imperial Japan was not the nicest country prior, okay. even prior to World War II. They were extremely aggressive. Um, this happened because Japan modernized extremely quickly. And they had, have we talked about this before on here? I, I think we have. Yeah. So Japan modernized so quickly um, after being uh, what's a, what was essentially like a, a, a shogunate, like a feudal warlord type society. They advanced over the course of like 50 years extremely rapidly, and then they started expanding. So, mm-hmm. you know, they just take the Korean Peninsula, and then they're like, I guess we'll go to war with Russia. And then they succeed. And, um, you know, then they start taking other surrounding islands and then they have their eye on Manchuria. Mm-hmm. And I think one of Unit 731's um, satellite complexes was actually in Manchuria, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know yeah. if you can confirm that. Or yeah, not, I think I've read that somewhere. Yeah. Um, but um, it's a. Uh, I think I think the reason that Japan has we can get into the Nazis too with that whole Mangala Angel of Death and yeah. all that stuff. Um but uh I think the um kind of the rapid modernization and not necessarily a social modernization mm-hmm. uh may have played into that. And based off of my interpretation too, I also feel like it's a drive towards success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of the whole, you know, break a couple eggs to make an omelet mentality works. Definitely, yeah. It, like, I, I mean, uh, e- even their uh, mentality towards war, where, you know, the, the never surrender mindset, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you're putting lives that could potentially be spared on the, the back burner to further a greater good in yeah. their eyes. Right. I feel like, like that's what... Uh, unit 731 really sums up to be. It's kind of like, hey, we're going to take these innocent lives and we're going to further the scientific you know, end game, which is how to make more effective weaponry, which is fucked. Yeah. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning that Japan Japan didn't really, wasn't even after these experiences were completed, if let's say Japan like stops experimenting the war still going on or if they won the war or something like that. Yeah. Uh Japan would not have thanked these uh these like oh, what's the term? These patients. Yeah. Maybe patient. They weren't really being treated, but um big air quotes. Yeah. So I don't think they would have thanked them or like tried to memorialize them or have a good memory of them at all because Japan looked quite frankly looked down on pretty much all of surrounding Asia. And saw itself as the dominant 
people and culture and society in uh, East Asia? I mean, they use these people to weaponize the bubonic plague. Yeah. That in itself is like fucking wild. Like like, like the same disease that killed one third of Europe's pop- population, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. There They went, you know what? I think it would be a good idea if we brought this back. Yeah, but it's not hard to cure the bubonic plague. Still, man, it's just that I think. Well, that I, mean, I mean, that in 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 the in the 20th and 21st century, we can yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm sorry, uh, Europe, <laughs> medieval Europe. My bad. Um, <laughs> medieval Europe's like, come on, I man. I don't mean to throw some shade, but. Uh, yeah, I mean. Do you know bubonic plague actually originates in in uh in Asia? It, yeah, and it came along the Silk Road, correct? Yes. Look at that. See, I, I remember my my medieval history class. Do you know Do you know what the Silk Road is, Nick? I I believe so. The the modern Silk Road or like the the, the <laughs> not, no not the one on like Tor in the dark web. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what it is, but I feel like if I if I give the definition and I fuck it up, you're gonna look at me this entire podcast differently. So you wanna? No, I won't do that. Okay. Go for it. All you. No, no. Proceed. All right. So the Silk Road was a uh, a, a trade route <laughs> between uh, the Middle East and Asia, uh, where typically more exotic luxury goods such as spices, uh, silk, naturally, uh, were traded back and forward. Uh, I know it also went through India, I believe, uh, and, and some goods were taken from there. How did I do? Did I pass? Let's continue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't Google that. Uh, but uh, no, I, I mean, d- did you say you wanted to talk about Mangalov too? Cause uh, yeah, we can talk about it. To be honest, I don't know much about Mangalov. I've heard his name here and there, but I don't know the... Uh, S- crazy. Nuts. Psycho. Psychotic. How so? Um, so he was a physician, um, I think, earned his... I don't know if he earned his doctorate at the University of Munich, but um, he, um, he he went to school in Germany and um, he joined the Nazi party in the 30s. Okay, so big Nazi guy. Yeah, um, okay. and so he kind of came up or came to uh, prominence through kind of through those um, through those channels, through the SS channels. He uh, the first opportunity he got, he became a part of that. And he got promoted. Um, he was actually originally on the eastern front of the war with, um, I, I believe, I think he was like a field physician and surgeon, although okay. I'm not sure about that. And then he was eventually injured and transferred to Auschwitz. Okay, so so stopping you right here, already set off bad guy credentials in the making, yeah. right? Like SS and Nazi, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, like like field medic for the Nazis, like saving the lives of of Nazis, you know. So I, I see the red flag already, and I'm, I'm going to stop you for one moment, but I'm going to let you continue here because I, I'm, I'm not going to steal your thunder. Oh, go for it. Wait, what do you mean go for it? Oh, I, oh, I, I thought I, you were about yeah, to I say something else. Oh, okay, so he gets transferred back to Auschwitz, and then he um, he starts experimenting uh, on, I think his main thing was experimenting on twins. Okay. So he was involved in anthropological so obviously the nazis were very interested in this whole idea of a master race yeah um and he was already involved in like anthropological and genetic study and things like that uh, prior to uh the war and he wasn't 
obviously because of medical ethics and stuff like that during pre-war Germany, uh, he wasn't allowed to do a lot of the crazy stuff that he wanted to do. Yeah, because it's pretty much common law that if, if you're going to do something fucked up with medicine, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, if you're going to, like, you know, cut twins in half and, like, sew the other half to each other or something like that, like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, so you bring up twins. That was uh, one of his biggest, uh, I guess, um, I don't want to say hobbies. <laughs> But one of his areas of study. Yeah. One of his, well, if you want to call it study, um, he, uh, yeah, he's a really dark figure. He experimented on a lot of Jewish and gypsy, uh, twins. Um, I just did a lot of really ugly, disgusting, like he knew for a lot of the stuff, like he's clearly getting a kick out of a lot of it because he, you know, he's, he's a physician. He's not dumb. He, he, even in the 40s, you know, he knew the difference between what he was doing and what was medically viable. Yeah. You know, so. But, really yeah. dark figure, yeah. But but that kind of goes back to the initial subject, though, like, why and how we suspend those just common rules during times of war. Because y- you said before, he, he wouldn't have gotten away with this stuff prior to the war. Yeah. Um, I think that um when you talk about suspending rules ethics morals all of those things that's extremely prevalent in uh imperial japan yeah and in uh nazi germany mm-hmm. mainly because they obviously nazi germany more than japan but J- japan was still a racist society yeah um they saw the people that they had collected and put into these camps as subhuman. Yeah. So they felt that they could that 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 this was something that um was actually to them moral and ethical. Yeah. Uh so it's not I would say in the case of Nazi Germany it's not necessarily a suspension of morality and ethics I think it's a, a change in the definition at least for them. Yeah, no I I can see that because certainly that was uh, a lot of what led to the Holocaust is the it wasn't that anyone in Germany thought it was uh just okay to take a random group of, you know, you know, millions of people and, and just murder them. But it was allowed because of the rhetoric and the convincing that the government and propaganda had done to convince people that they were not killing humans. They were killing, you know, objects or or insects or whatever you you may want to call them at the time. I think um, the German government, it wasn't really a convincing job. Everywhere, like, like what what people... tend to forget is that Germany wanted to do these things. Yeah. They were not tricked by the Nazi party. They actively um, took part in doing these things. And they they volunteered for things. They advocated for things. They reported their neighbors. Um, Everywhere Nazi Germany went, you know, anywhere that they conquered in Eastern Europe or, um, you know, even to the West when they went to the Netherlands and Belgium and France – People volunteered and were very uh, enthusiastic about the Nazis' treatment of a lot of these minorities. Mm-hmm. And I think that reflects on a a bigger aspect of human nature, too. 
that when when shit hits the fan, I feel like a lot of people have trouble, you know, blaming themselves or taking responsibility for things. And it's much easier to put a problem on someone else and deflect that guilt. I mean, it, it's a common thing with uh, with like young children. Like, I mean, you see those cute videos of, like, babies on YouTube or whatever who are, like, drawing all over themselves with marker. And then when, like, their mother goes, like, who did this? And, like, the baby will be like, it's the marker. You know, like, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like come on now, Mom. Right. They'll, they'll try to blame, like, the SS or the, um, the uh, like, some of these different, like, divisions, like U- Unit 731. Uh, yes. Yeah, Unit 731. Um, or... Um, in the case of the United States, obviously, when it comes to anything awful that we do, we blame the CIA. Yeah. Uh, even though we then we rely on the CIA for tons of things. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, it's definitely, it's some type of, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist or a sociologist, so I can't really speak to what drives people to do that but it's definitely something that we can observe and we have seen people do is like they'll actively take part in something horrendous and awful that in peacetime and like this kind of gets back to what we're talking about with uh peacetime versus wartime yeah people are like oh my god that's disgusting why would you ever do that and they're like yeah why would those people ever do that even though they actively took part in that you know it's like the bystander effect you know like uh uh, I mean, like, people get taught this and, like, or, like, kids get taught this in, like, middle school, high school that, like, if you're a bystander, then you're just as bad as the bully. Like, yeah. you know, people on the side will be like, okay, like, like you know, that, that's fucked up that, you know, the, the kid's beating up the other, like, you know, skinny guy for his lunch money. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you wouldn't want to be, like, the skinny dude be getting beaten up. Yeah. And you're not stepping in to stop the, the bullying. Mm-hmm. So, like, whose side are you really on? You, you're letting this happen, which implies that you're okay with it. Yeah. Granted, I mean, you're, you're, you know, sharing a podcast with a guy who's very big on rhetoric and, like, <laughs> language and shit yeah. like that. So, I, I mean, I could probably twist it either way. But the implication is that by doing nothing, you support it. And granted, that, that's been an idea that you see right now in politics, too, and in activism. You know, mm-hmm. the whole, like, hey, if you are not protesting, if you're not doing A, B, and C, you're supporting the other side. And those guys are Nazis. Or, like, those guys are serial killers, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, I think when you're you're complicit in in events like this that are are just really, really, really horrendous, then you're a part of the problem. Uh, During the Nuremberg trials, I believe, I'm trying to remember, there were three, there's three main, um, things that they would try you based on one is if you were complicit in essentially like they did obviously you can't all of germany was responsible for being a bystander during you know nazi germany but you can't persecute a whole country they would well the the it wasn't persecution it was execution yeah um so you can't commit genocide in response to genocide um so but i mean yeah, I, and then when you talk about morals too, in regards to like, um, the Nuremberg trials and things like that, how we we're talking about people being complicit. So that was something that you could be tried for. You could be tried for being a member of the SS, being actively being a member of the Nazi Party, committing war crimes, all of those different things. Yeah. 
But then the United States, who was supposedly a great champion of ethics and they fought this war for a good reason and everything, yeah. pardoned a bunch of Nazis for their own gain. Yeah, and they also pardoned members of uh, 731 too. Yeah, and they... they uh, um. They took they took all that information from seven three one. Yeah, it's it's like I don't know. It's just like a slap on the wrist, and then like uh, you know, it, it, it's difficult to find a, a. We'll change your name and move to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. That's what we talked about last time. But yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I, I mean, it, it it's interesting to put it in perspective too because this is the U.S walking mm-hmm. into a place that they had just nuked and going, hey, I see you guys doing all this fucked up shit. You guys are literally taking people's hands and holding them, like, underwater and yeah. going, like, huh, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know? And going, you know what? It's okay, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, imagine if, like, I don't know. It's like, it's like with the kid in the marker experiment, like yeah. if, if or, or a situation you would just take away the marker. You went, hey, you're a fucking dumbass, yeah. and then like give him like a little kiss on the cheek, and like, but I love you. you know? <laughs> like, how's the kid supposed to feel? He's gonna feel bad for a second. But he's gonna be like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I think I did good. He's like, oh, okay, I'm not in like super big trouble for this. We're gonna keep it moving. Um, yeah. And, I mean, and yes, I am comparing these these heinous people to children because that's where their morals are at. You know, like like if you can't. In my personal opinion, if if you can't hold on to your morals through, you know, a tough spot, then that's it's, something you have to work on. It's like a kid that, well, I mean, it wasn't even morals. It was just, like, curiosity in a really dark way. Like, you know how a kid will sit there and, like, pick the legs off of a, a bug? Yeah. Uh, They were doing that with people. Yeah, well, well that's also a good comparison because the kids that did that are the ones that, like, grew up to, like, throw, like, broccoli across the lunchroom at you or, like... Shit yeah. like that too, though. Yeah, like to see, like quote, see what would happen. Yeah, if I beat the piss out of you with broccoli in this carton of milk. Well, I mean, there are some accounts of stuff that seven three one did. Um, uh, they were trying to figure out how to um deal with a lot of injuries that were being caused uh, during war. Mm-hmm. So they would like lock two people in a room and then throw a grenade in there and yep. then try to save their lives after fragging them. <laughs> okay, let's take one step back, right? You're a scientist. You're putting on your imaginary lab coat, and you look at your friends, and one of your, your co-scientists goes, hey, I have an idea for an experiment. <laughs> Let's lock two people in, like, a three-by-three three room and then gently place a grenade at their feet and see what happens. What would you do? You'd be like, dude, what, what, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What's, what's your hypothesis here? I, I think... It's easy for us. Also, if it seems like we're kind of talking a little slow, it's because we're trying, we're trying to come to terms with like literally like what occurred during the Second World War was not. It doesn't seem like human behavior to us. Exactly, it seems like something beyond comprehension. Like the just the absolute evil and just the malice and just darkness of these people was just insane. So. And that's where those slant comparison comes into, like, like comparing them to, like, children because, like, you have to have these, like, extreme kind of stretches because there's nothing else that's relatable, yeah. nothing else that's this heinous. There's you know? nothing comparable to this kind of, like, to this kind of cruelty. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, at least in, uh, obviously you can talk about like torture and war and stuff like that from old times. But, you know, w- when we talk about modern society, you know, modern history begins in 1453, something like that. Okay. Um, in the 1400s, modern history technically begins. And you start talking about modern society and modern, you know, uh, viewpoints and things like that different perspectives the fact that you know in a time where we had you know cars and banks and all of this you know stuff that we still have today yeah operating you know with with relative similarity to similarity to our world today yeah that stuff like this could happen you know yeah is just it's completely mind-boggling just the i can't even like put it in a words the how someone's mind twists itself to that point where they want to commit these atrocities it's all it's almost fiction yeah you know? the, literally yeah it's it seems it seems like fiction it seems like something that you would come up with like a, like a Stephen King book yeah because I mean we're reflecting on it right now and we're like okay who, who the fuck comes up with this stuff, yeah you know? yeah but uh I, I do want to take us in a different direction sure I don't think it's the thought junkie way to be, you know, like, like as serious and as great as this conversation was, yeah. I think we need to, I think we're losing some people here. <laughs> uh, and, and if we have lost you, fuck you, okay? No, tune back in. <laughs> oh. uh, so the year is, is 2050, right? Yeah. We have like President Aziz Ansari in the office, okay. right? <laughs> and, uh, and we're at war with like, I'm going to pick a country here. Uh, oh, I, you want me to pull one out? Yeah, do it. Djibouti. All right. <laughs> this this sounds like a. It's a real country. No. <laughs> oh no no I know it, it sounds it sounds like the name of like a porno like a really cheap porno. Djibouti. We're at war with Djibouti. <laughs> oh my oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm I'm pretty sure Djibouti's a beautiful. Have place. you thought about being an SNL writer? <laughs> you know what I I could. <laughs> I'd be down. Uh, okay. So the scene set. We're at war with Djibouti. Uh, uh, President Ansari goes, hey, you know, this is a state of emergency. Our, you got to do the Aziz Ansari voice. I, I can't. I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> hey, state of emergency, guys. <laughs> I'm just saying. President Ansari goes, hey, our forces are attempting to penetrate Djibouti. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, my God. I should have picked a different country. <laughs> like Botswana or something. That, that would have been a lot less funny. Uh so 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 we're penetrating Djibouti, and uh, President Ansari goes, "Hey, you uh, you can't say anything bad about the war in Djibouti. This is a state of emergency. Uh, we need all of the support that we have here in America. Their lives being lost. Y'all can't talk about Djibouti." Ooh, so we're talking the uh, suspension of freedom of speech. You're goddamn right, we are. Wow. And so, I won't lie. I should have done more research into this. Oh, really? But I didn't. Okay. Because so we're going off the cuff here. None of this is credible from this point on. So, so, so I'm not. I'm not going to make any bold claims. I'm going to go strictly based off of what I, I've heard before, okay. and, and with the full disclosure that I may be wrong. For but sure. This is my common, like layperson understanding of suspension of freedom of speech. Okay. So during a time of war, uh, the uh, Congress, President of the United States has the right to suspend f- 
freedom of speech. Right. Uh, if it uh, shows that it will better the war effort, or like like let's say. You know, for example, during like World War II, <laughs> like, like you, you, you can ban spreading like Nazi propaganda. You, you, you know? can't tweet out and be like, "Oh my gosh, just saw like ninety planes headed towards you know so headed so. towards Djibouti." Yeah, or like, "Oh my gosh, just saw a convoy moving." You can't just like pop on Twitter and do that during wartime. Yeah. And even though you have like freedom to like express your opinion, you probably can't go, "Hey, we shouldn't be in Djibouti because here's a." like secret government document or like you know here is like a a long list of resources you can use to fight against the government if you don't agree with the war in Djibouti you know yeah um I think uh a good let's delve into something real then that we can compare to the uh the media silence or censoring uh that's occurring in 2050 against the the war against the empire of Djibouti yeah it's it's the Djibouti (laughs) empire which let's be clear the empire of Djibouti in our fictional universe it's a Djibouti's a country in Africa I believe right yeah I believe so yeah is it a a country or is it a a large city Djibouti I'm pretty sure it's a country okay hold on let me pop this up real quick how, how in God's name do you spell Djibouti? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, in our fictional universe, too, it's got to be conquest, right? Like, they have to, like, take over a smaller, like, country. So, around. oh, yes. So, Djibouti is a country. Okay. Um, So, the Empire of Djibouti controls only Djibouti in Africa. Okay. And then it also controls Madagascar, Australia, and uh, let's say... <laughs> Let's say Russia and um, Nunavut. Dude, it sounds it sounds like like in your universe, Djibouti's playing like fucking Risk. <laughs> like, like, like when Djibouti, you play Risk, you start in Australia and Madagascar. Djibouti, the Djiboutian Empire, <laughs> in in 2050 has made an attempt to do something nobody has ever done before, which is just conquer things with no tactical no tactical know how. The the, the Em- like Emperor of Djibouti just kind of like threw darts at the map and goes, "Fuck it, like <laughs> we're taking Russia. Yeah. It's springtime." People, people were, yeah, people were looking at Djibouti like you know, like war historians. They were like nodding their head. They're like, "Okay, Madagascar, Australia. I see, I see what they're trying to do here." And then they went and like took, the, they took Nunavut before Russia. Uh-huh. So <laughs> they take central northern Canada. <laughs> Just, yeah, they came over. They they went up in between. I don't even know how you get to Nunavut via sea. I think you have to go across the ice. They, they just dropped troops they, down. They marched across the ice and they took Nunavut. They're occupying Yellowknife right now. <laughs> and, and and be honest, there's no Canadian army up there too. No. Like fuck it, that's cold, dude. Like, <laughs> like I don't think the Djiboutins are gonna come up here. So so they they occupy Yellowknife and then okay. they decide to go down into Russia from Nunavut. <laughs> They cross over the North Pole, taking taking Santa on them. They executed Santa. <laughs> <laughs> no more, no more Christmas. They killed Santa, and that's why we entered the war. No more elves, because because Hallmark's like you know what a as su- exactly we we are in the war against Djibouti for economic reasons. Hallmark took a massive hit when Christmas disappeared. I mean, not because they they conquested Russia, you know. Yeah, no, dude. If somebody took over Russia, the United States wouldn't do anything. I, f- I feel like the U.S. would be like, 
hey y'all here's a welcoming gift yeah and, like give him like a little house plant and be like we're cool right yeah give him a bonsai tree i know you guys are new or succulent <laughs> imagine like president aziz ansari walking over with like a like an orchid or something like that, an and, like orchid. giving it to some like war leader. By walking over, do you mean like crossing the Bering Strait on foot? No, I'm just picturing him like like, like walking down like the Kremlin, like like in okay. like the middle of the, this massive ass building, like holding like a small potted plant. Yeah, and some like big ass warlord with like a cape on and like like a rocket launcher on his back, just sitting on like a throne. So where's this warlord from? Djibouti. Why would why would we go to war with Djibouti if we're giving them orchids? Uh, no, I'm saying that that th- these are peace talks, right? You know. Oh, okay. And then Djibouti yeah. threw the orchid on the ground, smacked Aziz, and told him to get out of Russia. And, and, he, and he just like pissed his pants and sobbed all the way home. <laughs> and then he was like, "We gotta go to war." It's like, "Fuck it, I will not let my pride get in the way." So, what part of the Djiboutin Empire are we are we currently uh, invading? You're the one who has the map open. What region? So the the Djiboutin Empire. Let me pull up my map of the world here <laughs> in 2050. Um, so the Djiboutin Empire in the year 2050 controls okay. um, Djibouti Jibu- so, in Africa. You said Madagascar too, right? Yeah, Djibouti, Madagascar. So keep in mind, Djibouti, um, Djibouti's size is only um, 9,000 square miles. <laughs> so they control 9,000 square miles of mainland African territory. <laughs> So, so they have no. They have, they have the strongest navy ever. <laughs> they, they just park it outside. Yeah. So the nine thousand square miles of Djibouti. So the nine thousand square miles of mainland Africa. Okay. They also control Madagascar. They control Australia. Okay. They've been trying to subdue New Zealand. Okay. But New Zealand's been fighting its Kiwi off. A- actually, New Zealand couldn't fight back. No submachine guns, dude. Not anymore. No submachine. You can't have submachine guns in New Zealand. Yeah, you can't yeah, have yeah. submachine guns here. I'm, I'm, well, I'm saying like they, they banned a bunch of the uh, assault weapons. Guns. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, devil's advocate. There, there's no militia forming in New Zealand. No, so. but this is this is this is a uh, post New Zealand conservative uh, resurgence. Oh, okay. So uh, a conservative government took over New Zealand and formed. Uh, yeah, I gotta think of a fake country name. The Kiwi Republic. Okay. <laughs> so, we know we know the island as New Zealand, but the 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 nation that currently controls it is known as the Kiwi Republic. It's all themed around like Lord of the Rings, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Peter Jackson is the uh, is the prime minister. Yeah, he's the prime minister. Yep. Um, so uh, anyway, you were saying? Uh, so they they've been fighting against New Zealand, the Kiwi Republic. Also has Nunavut, okay. which is northern central Canada. You mean Djibouti has that? Yeah, 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 Djibouti has that. Kiwi Republic is still fighting. Uh, so we have at least one ally. It's the Kiwi. It's the Kiwi, the Kiwi Republic. Republic. Yeah. Grant, granted, I mean we probably have other allies like around the world, but um, at this time we don't have any allies in Europe because all of Europe was conquered by Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you getting this map from? The mountain. <laughs> The mountain from uh, Game of Thrones <laughs> led an army. Okay. Yeah, I'm still following. <laughs> led an army into Europe <laughs> and took over all of Europe. So is, is this canon? Huh? Is, is this canon? Does this follow the lore? Yeah. Yeah. This is this is future. Like this is, this is 2050 world map, guys. Okay, continue. 
And uh, so, so, so I- Iceland is Europe. Yep, Iceland controls all of Europe at this point. How about, how about the rest of Africa? How about Djibouti's like surrounding countries? You know. So the west, of, the the rest of Africa is just fine. It's just okay. how we left it in 2019. <laughs> no, no progress or anything. No, uh, other than Madagascar. Well, no. There's pro- there's progress. Okay. okay. <laughs> there's there's been a reinvestment in Africa. Okay. Um, and. Uh, yep. So okay, so I'm trying to figure out where we at. Okay, uh, so have, Iceland controls all Asia. of Europe. The Kiwi Republic is 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 our ally. So we don't have any European allies anymore. How about how about Asia? Um, well, so here's the thing. Okay. North Vietnam is now all of Asia <laughs> except for. Well, what's with you just taking one country and, and making it all of a continent? Because North Vietnam got really ambitious. <laughs> That's what won them the war. Just like Iceland did. North Vietnam and Iceland have been allies for a really long time. Um, so, so there is peace. Actually, huh? There, there is peace between Asia and Europe, or, or North Vietnam. Yeah, and there's peace, but they're brutal totalitarian governments in in Europe and uh, in in Asia. Okay. Um, in South America, you, you're gonna pick one country, aren't you? No, I'm not gonna pick one country. Um, how about how about it's just all gangs? We annexed Mexico. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. It's, it's what, not all what, gangs. What was our reasoning for we, that? We annexed Mexico and Silicon Valley, moved to uh, Brazil. <laughs> okay. So, so, so what's what's our rationale there? Why, why did we annex Mexico? Uh, because we turned Puerto Rico into a state. Okay. And we needed more stars to make a sixty-star flag. So, okay. so we annexed Mexico and took its provinces. Okay. That that sounds about right. Um, I feel like people in Texas would be uh, just for the aesthetic of the flag. <laughs> With President Anzari, I can see that happening. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then South America and Canada are the only two places left, right? Um, I, so I think it Canada is probably cool, right? No, we forgot to mention India. Oh, India. So too. India was actually conquered by Sri Lanka. <laughs> so, so that's an underdog story. Yeah, <laughs> big time underdog story. That that's a bracket ruiner right there. <laughs> the bracket buster is Sri Lanka <laughs> taking the world. <laughs> World landscape bracket. Oh fuck! I had I had it. I know Djibouti, Sri Lanka, Vietnam, Iceland. They have totally. It's March Madness out here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and no one's winning. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nobody. We're, we're not talking about the brutal regimes that are taking over these continents. But Canada is spl- Canada is shaped like a U. Djibouti's conquered half of the world's surface area. South v- or North Vietnam. South Vietnam's an independent country. North Vietnam didn't try to take it. <laughs> Jesus. We Christ. got North Vietnam controlling most of man- mainland Asia. We got Sri Lanka taking over India. We got Iceland controlling all of Europe. Iceland actually, hold on, I think we're getting some news, Nigmo. It, it looks like Iceland has just finished quelling a rebellion in Sweden. Okay. Um, the leader of the rebellion, Connor Bambia. Uh, was oh. was just drawn and quartered in the uh, in the town square of Stockholm. That's horrible. I know. He was probably asking for it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and so yeah, that's the state of world in 2050. Okay, so that was the longest setup to any hypothetical like situation that we were gonna work on before. <laughs> I don't even remember where we started. We're just rolling with this. <laughs> we're, we're talking about freedom of speech, dude. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's where we're. Okay, starting, right? yeah. Okay, so, okay. So the world is fucked. Yeah. So you guys see where the world is at now? 
Okay, it only took us like ten minutes. Yeah. But, uh, so 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 here's me. You know, I'm a little I'm a little seasoned journalist. I, I've you I, got I, your salt and pepper hair now. Yeah, you know, I've I've quit my day job. You know, I have the book royalties coming in. About you know, <laughs> I, I mean that that's the dream. Uh, but I, I take to my blog right, and you know, now that I'm like old and bitter with age, I have a little bit less of a filter. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know what? Fuck Sri Lanka. No. <laughs> And then Sri Lanka took California. <laughs> and so, so here's the thing. If we're in wartime, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, again, th- this might be a little more extreme than what the actual law is, but this is my understanding. And yeah. I'd, rather ra- I'd rather play it safe, right? For sure. The U.S. is allied with Sri Lanka. Okay. Because, you know, the, U- the U.S. sides with the, the little guy most of the time. Right, so you can't talk shit about your allies. Exactly. Yeah. And so President Ansari walks his ass over to me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because, like, he- he's everywhere and nowhere. Uh, Nick Mo, what's your problem? (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. I'm done. (laughs) He he, he just slaps the bitch out of me. And you know what? It's legal. Yeah. Because, you know, we're 30 years down the road. You know the Constitution hasn't changed. That's right. I mean, there might have been (laughs) an amendment or two. (laughs) You sick bastard. It's thirty. Wait, what did you say? Thirty thirty years down the road, the Constitution hasn't changed. Okay. I'm upset because you're right. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe like you have like recreational marijuana or something like that. That's not an amendment, though. I mean, come on now. They're not gonna write that into the. Con- Everybody <laughs> has the right to get high on their own supply, <laughs> just like the founding fathers ordered. Exactly. So you've I, been I, put in jail. I, I feel like like I had a lot more to say about this, but Djibouti. Stole my my attention. Oh, or, really? or, or my, my my thought process. You liked power. my little story. I, I did. Yeah, I, I like the world that we built together. It's like we were, like, ch- like you know, remember in middle school when you had to take those like map quizzes or whatever, in, like social studies class. Yeah, where you'd be like, okay, like memorize all fifty states, and then you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> like Mississippi is this area. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, Texas is the big one. It's just this gen- – you have these general areas that you know, regions. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, – have, have you seen online those maps that people from, like, Britain draw of, like, the U.S.? Because those are fucking hysterical. Really? Oh, yeah. L- like, like, you you, sh- you should look one up. But for, for those of you at home, if you're not looking it up – Here, I'll describe it. Y- you should follow along. Generally speaking, a lot of them know, like, Texas, California – maybe New York. The rest of it's fair game. <laughs> okay. And again, it's like probably a mi- granted, we don't expect anyone else to know the US's, you know, state makeup that well, but it's funny as hell. Because it literally it looks like a middle school like quiz when the kid like didn't study at all, you know. They have like Nebraska or like Wisconsin is. They associate all of the Midwest as like one state. It's all Ohio. 13 maps of the USA drawn by people that are completely insane. Well, I, I think completely. Tennessee or Kentucky is a boardwalk empire. <laughs> uh, Florida's got a little, little sun next to it. Let's see. What are some of the other? No one knows these ones. That's got Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, <laughs> the Dakotas, the disrespect. Okay. In their defense, on our last podcast, we talked about nuking Montana and having the casualties be nine vultures and one old man. So, I mean, like, there's not much to know. We've got no one knows for Utah and uh, Colorado. 
Where's California? Where? California is all of the, the West Coast. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what state you pick, but it's all that area. California says, here we come right back where we started from. <laughs> oh, my God. Hawaii is called Baked Alaska. <laughs> all right. I want to know who made that one. I also feel like this probably isn't the best thing to be sharing on a podcast. Maybe if we had, like, like a video aspect, it would be a little bit easier. But, yeah. like, man, we For broke sure. as hell. For sure. We got to get a screen or some cameras or something. So uh, we're going to make a Patreon page. We're going <laughs> to make, make a GoFundMe. Uh, or just, like, slip us five bucks when you see us next. Uh, anyway, I do think it's it's wild. Another thing, too, I wanted to give a shout-out to this earlier, but it kind of relates because I mentioned Ohio once. Uh, have you seen Love, Death, Robot on Netflix? I have not. What is that? <laughs> so it is a collection of short animated stories all animated in different styles, right? And they're all like 10, 15 minutes long, so they're all independent episodes. There's 18 of them. And they're all, all the short stories have to do with the title, either love, uh, death, or robots. Okay. Uh, first of all, some of the stories, absolutely incredible. The art style is really amazing. The uh, the storytelling is really strong. But the other thing is uh, in one like, like some of them are, are more lighthearted than the other ones. Mm-hmm. One talks about how uh, yogurt, l- l- like uh, the culture, yeah, that l- l- like makes yogurt, uh, becomes because they're all like sci-fi, becomes like uh, intelligent. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and, and so they like you know they're doing all their stuff like they're evolving and stuff like that, right? And they're negotiating with the president, right? <laughs> And they ask for all of Ohio. Oh my god! <laughs> and so, like, give it to them. <laughs> and, and and that's what they do. Like, they start evolving. Like, oh, like the U.S. the is like, you know facing like economic troubles, mm-hmm. and and the the yogurt slides a book across the president's desk and goes, "Hey, if you follow this to a T, like without straying from it, right, you will have economic prosperity and save the economy. Like, you know, just remove this debt. Son of a witch. If not, you're fucked." Oh. Uh, in, in six months, U.S. is fucked. Ohio, utopia. And I thought that was the funniest shit. Dog. Ohio, utopia? I don't think Ohio's ever been <laughs> in a situation. Well, no, just, no, we're not going to get into Ohio. <laughs> well, I, I did say this was sci-fi, which means fiction. Uh, oh, that's true, yeah. So, so that, Ohio that's, being a utopia is definitely sci-fi. <laughs> I mean, okay. Here's one thing, too. I never knew that so many people hated Ohio till I came to Michigan. Dude, it's uh, it's the Toledo War. I don't follow. Th- this is how we got the Upper Peninsula. That was our consolation prize. Really? We wanted the strip of land where Toledo is. Have you ever been to Toledo, Ohio? No, I've never been to Ohio. I don't go. <laughs> Why is that? It's just not. It's it's Toledo, Ohio. It's just like. Okay, that's the answer everyone gives me. I'm going to press you for an actual answer this time. <laughs> I want to know one It's a bunch trip. of bricks and everybody goes there for the zoo. Nothing else. <laughs> I mean, like. They got a nice little university there, though. Okay, then look at that. You, you found one good thing about it. Yeah. So, but, but so, okay. So basically, Michigan went to, quote unquote, went to war. Nobody died. Um, okay. Went to war against Ohio for this strip of land called Toledo. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was the U.S. government said they were like, okay, chill. Ohio is going to have this, and then you can have the UP. And Michigan was like, what the hell are we going to do with this? 
Okay. And Wisconsin was like, WTF, bro, this is literally attached to us. (laughs) I'm saying in in defense of Michigan, though, one small little area of Toledo versus all of the UP. Yeah. That seems like a pretty good consolation prize. It does seem like a good consolation prize. At the time, it did not. I'm not quite sure why. I think our government or our governor was like in his 20s <laughs> because people died really early. Yeah, back. That, that's like mid age. So <laughs> that's like the equivalent of being 40. Yeah. So I think that was how old our governor, how I think our first governor was something like that. Um, but yeah, he's a really young guy. So maybe that played into it. Like he how, was. How did that play into it? Like he just was like willing to. Okay, he was governor at 23. Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, think about, like, think about all the dumb shit that 23-year-olds do, bro. <laughs> he was like, you know what? We're going to war with Ohio. <laughs> I want this land. So I think that, I think also the whole Ohio State-Michigan football thing, uh, I don't fall for that. Um the whole Ohio State Michigan thing has like definitely played a role in that animosity too. Gotcha. But I I would say it's that that animosity is probably born in the Toledo War, quote unquote war. <laughs> That's really like. Has Illinois had a war with like Missouri or Indiana or? I mean, there's a civil war. It's just called like being in Chicago and like walking around and people are killing each other there. That's but... a civil war. Well, yeah, cause, you know it's, it's person killing person, but. I don't think Illinois had, like, a substantial, air quote, war, you know. With, 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 I have to say air quote. No one can see me, like, like flexing my fingers, dude. Uh, I, I don't think they've had, like, a war, right? I mean, like, Wisconsin's pretty pretty all right. Like, I, there's nothing in Iowa. There's, there's no one to fight unless you want to, like, you know, like, shoot corn. And oh then, like, God. I don't know. The, the only other option would be, like, Indiana maybe. But, like, I guess, like, Indiana's fine. I mean, and back in the day, like, Gary, Indiana was, like, the, sh- like, place to be. <laughs> Gary, Indiana was Seriously. the place to be. Yeah, Gary, Indiana was known for its industry. Like, it would be the hub of like the like middle aged fa- or the the middle class family where you'd have uh you know people uh like like coming to work in the city there and having cheap housing uh because it was so full of industry and whatnot and people would would make a good life there because of all of the industry. It was right there on the lake, so they could move stuff. Uh, to Chicago to trade and whatnot. Like, it was a hub for a while. Now it's just kind of a dog shit. <laughs> I, try, I tried to sneak that in there to be really polite. Dog, you're trying to flex Gary, Indiana on somebody from Michigan? We got Detroit. They used to call that shit the Paris of the Midwest. <laughs> when did they call it that? Uh, it, when it was, like, rich. <laughs> when When they actually built cars in Michigan instead of, like, I don't know where they build cars now, like Mexico and I don't know, Europe, maybe. No, Elon Labor's Musk's probably garage. too expensive. Yeah, um, no, dude, Detroit used to be uh, insanely huge. Yeah, and it's still like a really big center, but it's a big center for hipsters now. Not um, what happens? All these old industrial towns, like. All, it's so weird how this works. All the old industrial towns, all the white people leave during the civil rights movement, and then like 40 years goes by, and then they all come back and just take it over, and they turn it into like this hipster paradise. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's kind of like Grand Rapids too, where it used to be like, like like a huge like furniture town, and now it's like 
if someone spills your craft beer, like that's the worst thing you could do in Grand Rapids. Yeah, Grand Rapids is the most gentrified city in the United States. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'm trying to remember the percentage, but some astronomically high percentage of foreclosed homes are owned by investors, not even like other uh, prospective homeowners. And interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be looking into Grand Rapids in the coming weeks, too. Oh, really? Not you, for gentrification. You, you doing a little arty article? I, I'm doing a little bit of research for uh, for one of my, uh, my projects. It okay. is, uh, what if I told you that beer is dying? The beer industry over the past two years has fallen 1% each year. Uh, in terms of domestic sales, like, so you're looking at things like Miller Lite, uh, like, Pabst Blue Ribbon, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like, just your, I'm going to call it standard beer, for lack of, of a better word. Right, yeah. Those sales are going down, and those make up, like, tons of the market. Mm-hmm. Whereas craft beer is up 5%. Yeah, because people are tired of drinking dog piss. But but overall, beer is down. People are drinking less beer. Well, it's down because the big beer companies are down. Well, yeah. But, again, that's the most uh, consumption, you know? Well, like, it's consumed the most. So if they're hurting, proportionally, every, everyone, you know. There's probably a better way to explain this. <laughs> the, the, there's an absolutely great infographic online at the Brewers Association okay. uh, of America. But bottom line is, is, is beer no, is dying. Brewers Association of Djibouti. <laughs> D- different foundation. Uh, but Goldman Sachs, right, when they're, when they're uh, like, looking – yeah, the investment potential for a lot of these large names in, in beer production, yeah. they've been downgrading businesses. So, you know, people like investors and consumers are like, okay, beer, beer is dying. Who do we blame? Well, you want to guess who? Nickmo. Yes, millennials. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I don't think we're technically millennials. But oh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we, we could be. You got, a, you got a little millennial look going on. So we, we can blame people like me. <laughs> uh and uh mr mr i'll have my whiskey <laughs> you know what stop <laughs> <laughs> proceed what were you saying uh no no but but beer is dying and uh it, it's it's been making news here and there it was, it was a popular last year when the one percent was first announced now it's repeated this year and uh grand rapids uh, i'm gonna do a little study to see if grand rapids is hurting especially because oh yeah that would be interesting grand rapids. Beer city usa exactly so i i mean the other big thing is that it's known for craft beer. It's mm-hmm. known for microbreweries and stuff like that. Those are on the rise. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, uh, around June, there was a 30.8% increase in uh, microbreweries all over the, the nation. Damn, son. So uh, I, I'm interested in seeing how Beer City USA is adapting to you know national trends in beer. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that turns out for sure. Yeah, especially because you know us millennials are to blame. Yeah. People, people just love to to blame us. For Dog, sure. everything is our fault. Apparently, even though like previous generations, like what? Oh no, no, keep going. Okay, all right. Everything is our fault, but like, think about millennials. We didn't start any of the wars that we're currently involved in or previously involved in. So stop talking shit. So, uh, it, it, you brought up one last thought before we'll, we, we sign off for the yeah the the podcast. If you Google millennials killing, oh, there are boy. some awesome things that come up. What what pops up? Like, give us the results. Mayo. <laughs> millennials killing mayo? Th- this is in order, by the way. As in mayonnaise? Yes, mayo. Yeah. Uh, cable. 
restaurants. Those are pretty normal, right? Okay. Cereal. Okay. Tuna. Okay. Not salmon, tuna. Uh, Hooters. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people are looking that up. Uh, I think I think that's also because uh, sexual sexual assault and predatory behavior is on the decline. And then marriage and diamonds are the last two. We're killing marriage and diamonds. I mean, that might be true, but it's probably because we're, we're poor. Hey, you bro. can't afford marriage. You can't afford diamond ring. No, marriage is an outdated institution. Is that what we're talking about next <laughs> next podcast? On on the next podcast, we're going to be talking about how to make your girlfriend very angry. <laughs> well, now, now that you mentioned or, or accused me of of having a run-in with... Yes. I'll probably get. Oh no, Nick! <laughs> let me let me make myself clear. That was a lie. Don't murder him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You've helped me survive for one more week. One more week. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's it for us. Yeah. I know that we we started on a very different topic and ended on millennials just slaughtering people. Yeah. Or or, or things, not people. For sure. Uh, but Max, thank you for joining me. God bless the glorious empire of Djibouti. Mm-hmm. And uh, may you have better than Nazi. Kiwi Republic!